This episode is proudly brought to you by the Church of Martinez. Is it a regular church? Hell no. We have arcade games. We have a pool table. We have live music. We have TVs that constantly show porno. Come on down and drive on by and check it out today. Howdy, howdy, everyone. This is 321 Count with Chris and Bryant. I'm your host, Chris. Co-host Bryant. And uh, we have the return of our special guest from last week, uh, Joey. Hey. And uh, we're going to go ahead and uh, tackle a couple more subjects here because uh, one of the reasons we wanted to have Joey on here is because he can talk. <laughs> he I'm can, full of useless nonsense is what it is. He, he can, he can uh, fill an episode for sure. <laughs> Actually, he's filling two. <laughs> there you go. Um, so another thing that... Joey and I have in common big time, and uh, he's actually the person who I always feel like I'm bothering Bryant when I talk to him about this subject. God damn it. <laughs> um, but with Joey, I, I literally text him live during pay-per-views, and that's um, wrestling. Yeah, oh yeah. And um, we've watched a couple of pay-per-views together, Yep. And uh, but usually when we're like watching the day of a pay-per-view, I'm always like texting him, or he texts me, hey, did you check that out? Hey, did you see that? Hey, did you watch NXT this week? Hey, did you watch Raw? And always just sometimes I just don't ever respond back to him. So yeah, because oh, nice. <laughs> I'll say something, he's just all like, "No, I don't agree." <laughs> but uh, yeah, you want you want to give uh, some info on your uh, love of professional uh, wrestling? Of wrestling? Wrestling? Well, hell, professional wrestling. Uh, yeah, well, you know, my dad—that's mine and my dad's thing. That's something we like to do together. Um, you know, we, we watch it together. Um, when I was a kid, I think I was probably oh, six or seven years old. My dad took me to my first wrestling match. I remember we took Bart before Bart was shit. Uh, it was nice and clean. There were no needles. People not having sex on Bart, right? <laughs> there are no piles of shit everywhere like there is in San Francisco now, right? Um, no, but uh, so we would take Bart, right? And, um, and we're talking like late 70s, early 80s, something like that. Um. Or we, or he would drive. I mean, it just depended, right, how we'd go. But uh, I think I was like seven years old, and we went to the Cow Palace for the first time. First time. I'm seven years old. And near and dear to my heart will always be Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens. They were a tag team at the time, AWA. Um, and I remember watching wrestling for the first time live. And it was this amazing thing. And, of course, you know, Pat was good at getting busted open. Right. No, you're a seven-year-old kid. Oh, shit, this is fucking amazing. Oh, my God. I'm, you know, well, no fuck, because I was seven. I'd get knocked. <laughs> my dad would have slapped me upside the head. But, um, no, I remember it was really funny because my mom had gone with us, and um, Pat had gotten busted open. It was They were the last match. And I can't remember if they were a tag team at the time or if they were wrestling a tag team or if it was a singles competition. Um, but I remember, and, you know, uh, he got busted open, and – my, my mom was like, oh, cover his eyes, cover his eyes so he doesn't see the blood. And I, I kept moving the hand away because that was like the best part for me. It was just, it was, oh, my God, this is, you know, I mean, it's real, right? You're a seven-year-old kid. Fucking wrestling is real. You don't know any better. Uh-huh. And I remember uh, after the match, uh, after it was over, you know, my dad walked me down to the ring, and I got to stand on the edge of the ring and stuff and pull the ropes. And it was, it was, it was that was my first time in the, you know, professional wrestling. Um, and then that became kind of a, any time that they came to town, we would go. 
And gradually, you know, as we got older, it's something that kind of faded away. And, you know, my dad got older, was working more, uh, less time to spend it, you know, going to an, a wrestling event. Uh, I still went with friends and things like that. But, um, yeah, that was my first foray into professional wrestling was going to watch uh, AWA at the Cow Palace. And it's wow. probably one of the greatest places to watch wrestling. Really? Yep. That's why anytime they talk about getting rid of it, I get really upset. Oh, they really want to? Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they've talked about that several times. They've been times. talking about it for years, you know. Oh, God. And it's funny because I, I remember going to the Cow Palace, and the reason why it's called the Cow Palace because that's where they took cows for auction. That's where the cattle went when they had auctions in those days. And, you know, you'd walk in there, and it just smelled like manure. I mean, it was shit. It just smelled like shit because that's the, the establishment, right? That's what its main purpose was for at the time. And then it became a venue for wrestling, concerts, all kinds of stuff. And I mean, I've Sharks gone, played there at one time. Yep. And I've gone there for gun shows. Uh, you name it, they, they do it there. Any kind of expo. Yeah. Well, yeah, I've expensive. seen signs, yeah. but I've never been um, in there. But yeah, we would go all the time. And then, of course, you know, when when wrestling made it big time and you could watch it weekly on TV when WWF was became the thing, uh, we watched it religiously every week. Every week we were watching wrestling. I, I remember Hulk Hogan leave. I remember Hulk Hogan and the AWA, you know, Blonde, you know, big guy was a nobody. The Incredible Hulk. Hogan yeah, and then he the goes time. to he goes to WWF and he beats the Iron Sheik and fucking and that that was it. That's what made wrestling. You know, I mean, I, that was the start of what made wrestling today, um, or the direction that it went in. Um, but yeah, for me, it was it would have been AWA because that's all there was back then, um, and watching it live at the Cow Palace and you know, fifteen twenty thousand fans there at the time. Because, you wow. know, wrestling in the 70s was good, but out here it was still kind of new. It wasn't really – hadn't really taken a foothold out here. Yeah, it was a West. big southern thing and a big east coast. Yep. Like that's where it was because mm-hmm. you had the WWWF, you had AWA and NWA. You had WCCW. Yep. You Which had, was ran by uh, the Von Erichs, yeah. You had Memphis Wrestling uh, – what was it? Memphis Wrestling Alliance or uh, – I think it was just Memphis wrestling. Is it just Memphis? Memphis yeah. You, was that USWA? No, that was that northern, was a different. Territory. I think it was Northern Texas. I think. Okay. Then you yeah, had Georgia Championship Wrestling as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and so I mean, for me, you know, I, I mean, I know, I knew all this stuff, and you know, we'd get the magazines, and we'd, you know, and and things like that when magazines were an actual thing, you know, and um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was. I mean, it was. That's in, in to this day, and still, you know, like. Matter of fact, we're recording this on a Friday night, so I was watching SmackDown with my dad. You know, well, sort of, half and half. You know, um, but it's still something we do, and we still talk about. You know, now as as old, uh, being older, you know, we know that it's it's. Oh, how do you say it? It's. It's well, sports entertainment. Well, no, I know it's sports <laughs> entertainment, but I mean, I know that it's set up to. You know, we know that it's a scripted it's series. It's a scripted show. Yeah, it's scripted, right? You know, so we know, you know, I know it, it's here, perfect example. Like my mom. My mom right now can't stand uh, Bailey. My mom hates Bailey. My mom used to love Bailey. That's funny because I was about to say your mom used to love Bailey. I remember when she won money in the bank and she was so happy. Yep. Yeah, exactly. She loved Bailey and now she can't. She, as a matter of fact, tonight she's sitting there and she says, That girl, she used to be so good. I don't like her look. And 
my mom, as much as she hates watching wrestling, she is the true definition of a wrestling fan. Because when somebody turns heel, she wants nothing to fucking do with them. She <laughs> oh, fucking I love hates Bailey them. as a heel now. I'm like, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, Roman, Roman, like Roman Reigns. My mom used to love Roman Reigns, right? And you know his story of going through, you know, with having leukemia and doing all this stuff. You know, now she's like, oh, I just can't. I don't understand why. He, why does he got that fat guy with him? You know, Paul Heyman. She don't like. She, she hates <laughs> Paul Heyman. Right? She just Paul she don't like Paul Heyman, right? One of the greatest managers in professional wrestling. One of the greatest promoters in wrestling. Hadn't it been for him, there'd be no ECW. ECW never would have existed. Exactly. East Coast Wrestling, by the way, before it became Extreme Championship yeah, Wrestling. Eastern Championship Wrestling. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can go back decades of wrestling stuff, of me and my dad doing stuff and going to watch wrestling and, you know, all the different characters that have been in wrestling and getting older and realizing that, oh, this is just a, just a story. Of course, you didn't know it was a story because they never broke character. Now they just don't give a shit anymore because everybody knows that professional wrestling is a show. It's a soap opera for men. Yeah, you had somebody like The Undertaker who did not do interviews until, what, his 28th year in the business? Yep. Um, or 28th year with WWE. He was in the business before that. Um, the Twin Towers. Yeah, and he... Uh, <laughs> You know, didn't start doing anything until he was really winding down. Right. Then he started doing interviews, and you got Mark Calloway. Yep. Yeah. No. And it's funny because you knew it was Mark Calloway because you saw him before he was the Undertaker. You saw him when he was in WCW you or saw him NWA in at the time, and you saw him in Memphis when he was with the uh, Godfather, who at the time was the Soul Taker. And the Soul Taker. And so you see all these things, and you're like, "Well, wait a minute, I know that guy," but he's different now. Why has he got a new name? You know, cause you didn't understand how a gimmick worked. You know, now it's all about, you know, it's, it's, it's selling a gimmick. It's like, you know, me and my dad, we go, okay. So before, prior to the pandemic, we would go to, um, uh, over here to Pacheco. There is uh, the PSG, the Pacheco square garden. It's, uh, it's, it's called East Bay rest, uh, East Bay wrestling. Oh, damn it. What the fuck are they called now? Um, God, it's East Bay Wrestling something. Uh, I can't write. It's, it's I, I can't. It's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember it. But they're an independent wrestling organization. And a matter of fact, um, Mansoor, who is now in the WWE, was wrestled out of here as Manny Fabrino. Uh, also, um, what's her name? Um, uh, little Filipino gal. Um, Shotzi. Shotzi Blackheart wrestled. She wrestled for. Um, um, in Oakland at the, um, oh, what, what the? Hood Slam? Hood Slam. Thank and you. And she also wrestled out of the uh, the Sacramento promotion that Bryant and I saw at Fifth Yeah, we, anime, saw, we actually saw. Anime. Yeah, we went to Sac Anime and they had like the cosplay wrestling one. And then they had like, after the cosplay wrestling, they actually had wrestlers wrestling. And Shotzi was one of them. Yeah. And I was like, damn, she's pretty cool. And we had a chance to meet her, but we didn't. Yeah, because she wrestled at Hood Slam and then she shy. wrestled. Yes. And then she wrestled here a couple of times at, at, at Pacheco Square Gardens. And then right after, it was right before me and my dad started going. So I didn't get to see her. Um, and then, but Monsoor was still there. And I saw him a couple of times. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's still something we, we want to get back into going, right? It's just now it's trying to make that time, you know, because they wrestle every other Saturday. And I miss going to watch it because, you know, it doesn't matter that it's a gimmick or that, you know, that I know that they're, they might possibly be friends in the back, right? That doesn't matter to me. 
because no matter as soon as they get in that ring and they're doing shit, I'm going, holy fuck, what was that? You know what I mean? I mean, like, uh, there's there a guy. I became really good friends with a, a couple of guys there. Um, one of them is his wrestling name is Big Juicy. He actually ended up going back east. He's wrestling back east right now. He wrestled all last year during the pandemic, which is kind of crazy. I understand that you know you're making that you know that that trek and you're trying to become a professional, and I get it. But in the middle of the pandemic, uh, you, even though I'm not a pandemic, I'm you know I don't solely believe that the pandemic was as as crazy as they made it sound to be. Still, to have to be wrestling with you know with another guy and you know these guys you know they still go out and eat they still go do things they're not just you know wrestling and then going home and that would make something for me to be like you know it's a little crazy uh but big juicy and then um the other guy is um oh what the hell's his name now uh fabrizio is his um what he goes by. god i can't think of his name now uh but anyways a couple you know they're good guys he became champion there for a while but, of course, you know, last year they were doing a lot of, uh, you know, you could pay your cover charge of five bucks or whatever, and they'd send you the code, and you could stream it online through Twitch or whatever. And, and that was cool, but I just – it's not the same. It's There's nothing like watching independent wrestling live. Independent wrestling is where it's at. That's that's the, 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 the place to be. Yeah, it's on a whole new level now compared to what it was uh, before – uh, basically because of the exposure that you get with it. Yeah. Well, what's that, uh, what's that, uh, that everything's promo? on Twitch and fight and what's that promotion out of, um, out of Hayward APW, uh, yeah. all pro wrestling. Yeah. That's, uh, that's actually the only wrestling promotion I've seen live. Okay. So ABW. I saw them, years... I saw them with Michael modest. Okay. So I saw them years ago. Um, there was no big names at the time, but they were out at the Contra Costa County fairgrounds for the fair one year. They, they wrestled at my high school, Pinole Valley high. And I got to go into the ring because my grandpa worked with uh, Michael Modest and Donovan Morgan. So I got to meet those two. And Christopher Daniels was wrestling with them, and I got to meet him too. Christopher Daniels had hair back then. Oh, when he had hair, yeah, wow. Um, That's crazy. And they kept calling him the Fallen Fairy because <laughs> he was. That was when he oh, first yeah. started doing the independent Fallen Angel. Names, independent names are just something to behold. There's there's a guy that wrestles now who's probably one of my all time favorites independent right now. His name is D Rogue. And that fucking guy has got so much fucking talent. He's amazing to watch. Uh, that's probably mine and my dad's favorite. You know, the guy's really good. He wrestles out of uh, was it WWZ Wrestling War Zone. Oh, okay. Um, I think I, I want to say they're based out of the Petaluma area. I think. I think so. Um, I mean, there's so many small independent circuits. You know, um, as a matter of fact, one of the girls that wrestles out here at uh, Pacheco Square Gardens is. Um, Mia Sweets. She was actually on an episode of Raw one night. They, yeah, of course, they, they, you know, they fucked, they fucked up her name. You know, they, they called her, uh, Mia Sweet or something, or, or something. I don't remember what they call her now. But, and she didn't even get to get in the ring. Right? She, they, you know, they always pull up some indies from the locals to go and, you know, do a, uh, they do a squash match. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. And she didn't even get to get into the ring, but it was, it was cool to see her on there wearing, cause she, you know, her thing is she comes out and she hands out candy and stuff and she got a little red and white. It looks like the little, uh, the little red and white peppermint, you know, that's her little outfit. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, honestly, when we went to a uh, sack anime and we saw those, uh, independent people, that was really cool. They had that one guy, uh, besides Shotzi, they had uh, the other guy who was pretty memorable, who does, like, the comedy matches. It was uh, Sir Samurai. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the guy with the comedy matches was uh, Sir Samurai. And it was just him. 
I looked him up on uh, Instagram. He, they do this thing where they put like um, toy soldiers on uh, steel chairs. Is he? Is he got kind of a beard, he has a beard. bald head, and he's kind of stocky? Yeah. Yeah, I, he wrestles at Chicken Square Garden. Oh, he does, thing. really? Oh, yeah. okay. That's yeah. cool. Is he the older guy? Yeah, yeah he's, he's the older, older guy. guy. And they yeah. kept calling him Sexy Grandpa? They call him Grandpa. Yeah. 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 And, and he goes, I'm and not even a, a grandpa. He's a total and he pointed to his because he is. <laughs> he's a total comedian the whole yeah. time. He's always cracking jokes and yeah. he's calling them and he goes he'll like he'll like he'll do like a, a rick flair slap and then he's like well did you feel it you know, it's, it's, you know yeah he, yeah. i guess he does like comedy yeah, type sir matches Samurai. That yeah, sir Samurai. great yeah yeah that guy, i think that's his name i hope that's his name but yeah he was really cool i remember when we went to that um convention in stockton i think he was there too like they had that wrestling ring out in the front while you're waiting to go inside i think yeah I he was him. there yeah, yeah he was there wasn't he yeah so well, uh, last year before they shut everything down, I went to East Bay Comic Con. Um, oh God, I can't think of his name now. He's a he wears a. You've probably seen him at probably one of the cons, right? But he wears a black mask. It's got little, it's got ears on it, right? And I can't think of what the hell his character is. But he he never breaks character. Well, he breaks character. He'll talk to you, but he never takes his mask off, so you don't really know who what he looks like. And that makes sense, right? Cause, you don't want to see. It's not like you know, when Rey Mysterio got, lost his mask in WCW, which was a horrible fucking match, and you know, so he still wears a mask now, but everybody knows what he looks like. It was a horrible match, but he beat Kevin Nash after right after. Yeah, that. exactly. And that was awesome because um, my sister was a Kevin Nash fan. Fucking lost her shit when. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Midget beat. But uh, <laughs> so this guy comes out when you re- nobody likes him, right? Nobody likes him at all, and he. Um, it's really funny because they always they call him Pikachu. Right, because that that's he hates you know his character's like I'm not a Pikachu, I'm no Pokemon, and he starts yelling. It's just really funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, yeah, that's the cool thing about those um indie things. Yeah, the in, the indies are fantastic. Yeah, but then there's also that one guy who um, I think he liked he liked some sort of soda. There was another guy. He liked soda, but he would do like the Tajiri move where he just like spit the soda into the opponent's face. Yeah, I remember that one from Sack Anime. I was like, I don't oh, remember. Th- I, don't, I don't know who that is. Was I, he also the one who got hurt? Yeah, I think he got hurt too. Yeah, because he jumped out of the ring and he just landed He's, bad. They yeah. didn't, they didn't uh, catch him well. Yeah. And uh, he got hurt. Um, but uh, yeah, that happened. Then you had uh, but the shots, guy who was, shots uh, he was just... I yeah. love Shotzi. Shotzi's cool. Um, Speaking of Shotzi, her and Ember Moon as a tag team are fucking sick. Yeah. I didn't get to watch that. Boy, didn't they lose their titles already yep. or no? Yeah, they lost. Yeah, them. they lost to Indy Hartwell and uh, Candice Le- uh, LeRae. Nah, uh, Candice LeRae. Johnny Wrestling, you're a lucky man. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah, no shit. You know, talking wrestling, though, it's really funny, right? Because I was just thinking about all the wrestlers they just released. And they released fucking Ruby Riot, and they bring back Eva Marie. They've lost their fucking minds. Yeah. Wait, they released her? Yeah. Ruby Riot's gone, and they brought back Eva Marie. And they brought back uh, Alistair Black's wife. Zelina. Yep. Zelina Vega. Yeah, and and they back. released Alistair Black. I'm like... I think he might... I think they were trying to get him back, but he wants to do something on his own for a yeah. little bit. Because well, uh, he was actually under a lot of scrutiny because he was on Twitch quite a bit, talking about like nothing but positive things about WWE. And they were saying, like, you know, why, you know, they didn't use you well, you know, you should be burying them. And they started talking a bunch of shit about him. And he goes, they gave me a great life. I met my wife. They paid me a lot of money. Right. Like, what, am I going to sit there and talk yeah. bad about, like, you know, oh, they didn't do anything with me. They were still paying me when they weren't doing anything with me. I was still making a living. Yep. It just kills me that they release somebody that's good. You know, yeah, I like that dude's finisher fade to black. Oh, oh man, fantastic! Fucking roundhouse kick, you know, it's it, awesome. It, well, I mean, 
Uh, and, and you know, it's so it's so funny to me because I, I I don't know the wrestling business, right? I don't know. I don't follow it like like Chris does. I mean, he's in depth. He reads all kinds of stuff, watches all kinds of videos, you know. And, uh, you know, when I read something like, you know, where they released Aleister Black and I kind of scratch my head going, really? He's really good, right? And then they, and then I read something like Ruby Riot, and then Eva Marie makes a promo, you know, does cuts a fucking video. And I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. She was horrible five years ago and you're bringing her back? <laughs> and then like her, her, her video packages, her trainings, you're admitting she was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, and then you turn around and, and okay. So not, not that I, I just like Lana. So useless, in my opinion, for somebody who has so much talent, she doesn't. They don't, either they don't use she it. She was right. an okay man. She was her best when uh, she was the ravishing Russian. That yeah, was her best. That was her best. But when they put her in the ring and she just has no, like they tagged her up with Naomi trying to make her better, and, and Naomi just kept putting her to shame. Naomi's such a better wrestler, so much yeah. more talent. And they're not using Naomi well enough. Yeah. Well, I mean, she lost to to. Dewdrop is that her name? Dewdrop, Eva Marie's, uh, oh, yeah. you know the chick from from NXT from, UK. Yep, she's actually pretty good. She is. She's really good. Uh, but I mean, I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I like I said, I don't understand how the business runs because I and I don't want to know because I, that's not something I I can get behind because I don't understand it. You know, I mean, it, it's kind of like okay, I know you know them you know Big Show you know he's kind of. He's had his run, and it's like everybody else. I mean, there's guys that shouldn't be wrestling anymore. No, he moved to AEW so he could wrestle, and he's never wrestled a single match. That's what I'm that. saying. Well, like Mark Henry, they put Mark Henry over there. Yeah, because he wants to have one more match or yeah. something. Yeah, Mark Henry's in uh, AEW. AEW. What? Uh, you saw the picture I sent you, right? Yeah. Where it said, uh, where it said, uh, <laughs> WWE's retirement plan. It had like Matt Hardy face to face with Randy Orton. Broken Matt Hardy is all elite. Then it had uh, Christian when he got punted. Yeah. Christian Cage is all elite. Then it had Big Show getting hit. Paul White is all elite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so it kept saying like everybody the, the, like the, don't oh, don't yeah. have a don't it, have a feud with Randy Orton. You'll end up in AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the yeah, problem with that is it, it's not that the talent. AEW has so much good talent. I don't watch it all the time because I just I can't get behind it because they do the same thing that WWE does. Is they push these older guys. Yeah, and they kept saying, oh, we're going to build up these independent yeah. guys. If you would have been building it up, Jungle Boy would have beat Kenny Omega yeah, exactly. for the title. Yeah, exactly. And he should have. Yep. You need to push Jungle Boy to the fucking yeah. moon. They, they just, I don't know. I, th and that runs up to the point of where I professional wrestling to me now, I still watch it, but... I don't. If I miss it, I don't really give a shit. I go back and I like to watch the stuff on um, Peacock, right? So, like the like uh, that's what I like about. Well, okay, so I prefer WWE Network over WWE Network was far superior than Peacock is right, right now. And I understand that they're still moving things over. Yeah, but it's not as fluid. And Peacock is still a new streaming service, right. so they still have to fit. Like they've actually updated a lot of things, even in the last like. Month, but their interface is just garbage. Yeah, I don't like their interface. But the whole so the whole peacock thing is what I was my, what I was getting to was the stuff that I can watch. I prefer to watch when it comes to wrestling stuff. I prefer to watch like the Broken Skull sessions, uh, the documentaries on like when they had the the, the Keith Lee, uh, you know, talking about his life. The the twenty four twenty four the chronicles the chronicles three sixty five right. Those are the things I like to watch. I like to see. What Broken Skull Sessions are good, too. Broken Skull Sessions those. are probably my favorite. 
Uh, I liked them better on the WWE Network because now they, they fade to black and then they pick up somewhere else, and I hate that. I liked it when they just talked all the way through. Yeah. They didn't have that little pause, and then they, they're all of a sudden they're on a different subject. You know? And I, I think it's just because that's the way Peacock wants them to do it. Right? Oh, and, I, and it's also probably because the free version or the four ninety nine version, you know, is, uh, you know, edited. commercials. Is, oh. Well, yeah, oh, commercials, it, it, yeah. It's like, well, I mean, it's always edited. And, you know, it's funny when Stone Cold says, no freaking way, right? Uh, he, you know, he, that's the, you know, he would say fucking way, right? That would be his thing, right? Yeah, remember when they were supposed to be doing Broken Skull Sessions uncensored? Mm-hmm. And that never happened. Exactly. Because they got bought by Peacock. Yeah. Well, they didn't get bought. They signed a contract. They signed Which, a contract okay. and merged and, and, and over all, in, in the U.S. Right, in the U.S. And, 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 and to be fair, I mean, WWE is wins. That's a win-win for them, right? It's a win-loss, though, for fans. Yep. And, and a simple fact is, uh, what was it, uh, two weeks ago? What was the pay-per-view? Um, oh, uh, yeah, two weeks ago. Remember, I, I, I called you, you called and me, you yep. weren't home. And it kept saying, oh, the show you've watched is over. And, and, and it, it hadn't what, even started 15 yet. 15 minutes in? It was, like, it was like 20 minutes, 30 minutes in, and I still couldn't even watch the pre-show. For a pay-per-view. Well, and I was renovating, you know, I was working on my house. So, you know, I had the TV mounted. I'd already gotten the TV mounted in this new spot, and I was doing other stuff, getting ready to paint and stuff. And I had it on. I thought, well, this is perfect. I can watch the pay-per-view while I'm painting, right? So I'm like, well, fuck, I'll go turn it on. So I go and hit the Roku in, in, the, in, the, in the kitchen or in the middle, in the neutral zone. That's the, that's the section that divides my parents ha- mine and my parents' house. It's where we eat and watch TV. So I went in there. I turned the Roku on. Same thing. Actually, no. In there, it said that uh, something was uh, – it couldn't access it because all the servers were full or some shit. And it was a glitch on their end. And that's Peacock. That's not WWE Network. So – in a way, I mean, WWE wins because they, they signed a, a contract with Universal to carry No matter all what, the they're going to get their money. Right. But, you know, I, I missed half hour, 45 minutes of the pre-show. I mean, not all, all it is is them talking anyways. It's not like it's this big deal, right? Maybe miss, a, you know, the, the pre-show match or whatever. But, yeah, for me, in, when it comes to the wrestling thing now, I, I the in-ring stuff is cool, right? Because, you know depending on who the wrestler is, because there's a lot of talent out there. Yeah. But then you end up with the crap, you know, and and not all those guys are talented. It's kind of like now this whole Johnny Gorgano and Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross is, that that man has so much talent, it's no joke. That guy he, is one talented dude. He has talent with the mic, and he's a powerhouse, but he moves like a dinosaur. Exactly. He was carried like a motherfucker in that Fatal Five way. Yeah, he was. Big and Johnny Gargano, oh, my God, he turned into Johnny Wrestling like a fucking machine in oh, that yeah, match. Yeah. He was incredible, and it's all like, no, they need they need to turn him face. I, I like his comedy heel. His comedy heel is far superior than when he was trying to be that that shithead heel. Right. Like, what he's doing now yeah. is probably his second best stuff compared, because he's a natural baby face. Oh, yeah. But his For comedy sure. heel is really good because it kind of teeters in. He, it, it's more likable. Right. But in that match, oh, my God, he just turned it up to yeah. 11. That, and that's that was the point I was getting to, is Karrion Cross has all this talent, and he cut he cuts good promos. But, yeah. And he's I mean, intimidating. Yeah, exactly. But when it, when it comes to the ring, he, he doesn't move very fast. He's like a fucking T-Rex with no arms. And he brings a piece <laughs> of ass to him with the ring. Oh, well, yeah. Well, if I had a wife like that, I'd show that off all day long. Um, 
but no, that's really what it comes right. down to. I mean, it's and you know, and I prefer to watch NXT over you know some of the some of the Raw and, and SmackDown stuff. Yeah, because with NXT you get uh you get a little bit of that uh, indie innocence, mm-hmm. so to speak, mm-hmm. because they don't. They try not to call it the the uh, developmental anymore, right? Which it still technically is because you know it's like you know you get your start on NXT, uh, then you move well, up. Did you watch it this Ron week? Smackdown. I I didn't okay, watch. Okay, so week, no. the Swerve match with uh, with um, with Bronson uh, Reed with Bronson Reed. Yeah, and Swerve Fuck, won the title. That was title. a good match. That was a really good match. And Swerve, there's a guy who's got talent. He can he can wrestle. He can cut promos, and I love the fact that I'm seeing AJ doing something finally. You know, he's he's in there, and he's you know, what's he? He's a big dollar or big what? What the hell's his? Uh, I, I don't remember. Okay, yeah, <laughs> but whatever his his name is now in that. But they they've got something. Yeah, good for Hit there. Row. Huh? Yeah, for Hit Row. Yeah, for Hit Row. Yeah. Yeah, Hit Row's uh doing pretty good yeah, as they're, a stable. They're, yeah, they're doing really. It, it, they're they're doing some new stuff, and then they're changing up a little bit. But they they cut good promos, and to me, it's all about a good promo. If you can cut a good promo, and I and I'm sucked into it, uh, that's all it takes. I was telling I was telling Chris about this a while back. I remember years ago, uh, there was a it was when Jericho was facing The Rock, and he thought it was when he debuted, but it wasn't when he debuted. It was it was after that, and I don't remember what it was. But there was a promo where they they were like side by side and they swapped. So Rock was doing all of Jericho's lines and Jericho was doing all of the Rock's lines. And it was fucking hilarious. I laughed. I thought it was great. And then they went on to have some really good matches after that. You know, I always to me, Jericho will always be one of those guys that's in my top ten. Yeah. Because the guy is just a performing motherfucker. And I mean, he is just, I mean, even now, and he's, he's talked about how, you know, he slowed down a little bit. Uh, if you watch that, broken he could skull still session put match. on a five-star match. Oh though, yeah. Well, when they, when they did that match and, and he got thrown off the top of the freaking cage, like Jesus Christ, dude, you ain't no spring chicken no more. You know, um, you know, falling off a cage is nothing will ever compare to, uh, mankind. <laughs> no, nothing will. Well, one last question on, um, wrestling. What would you guys uh, consider to be a good match? Like, what would happen? What would need to happen? Like, is it the promos? Is it the stunts? They it's do? the build. The build. The build. It's the up build. The it's all match. within the build. Um, uh, it's something I brought up to you several times, Brian, and um, I know Joey. You watched the program, uh, Kofi Mania, just oh, a couple of years yep. ago. You know the build for that. You know somebody who had been working for eleven years on the main roster. You know never getting opportunities. Uh, he had that elimination chamber that he was supposed to be in. That was the night where Edge lost the heavyweight title in the first elimination chamber. They had two elimination yep. chamber matches. And then he takes out Kofi going into the second elimination chamber, and he goes into that one, and he wins the WWE title in the same night. And that was like the only opportunity Kofi had for a title. So he just has this big build with Daniel Bryan, who's being a complete dickhead of a heel as the planet's champion and all that. And... um you know, they just really put a good story in. He had to overcome all these things. And that was like the last great story. And it's like when we watched uh, Hogan versus Andre. Oh, yeah. yeah. Story okay. building yeah, there. Yeah. Eddie versus Brock. Story behind it. It's all about the story that they build into the match. They want to bring in that sense of realism and really just draw you in. Because if you just throw two people in there, uh-huh. you could put two of the greatest workers on the world. And it could be a five-star match on paper, 
But if there's nothing behind it, why the fuck are you going to watch it? Oh, we're going to have these two guys against each other. Okay. You know, it's going to be entertaining for that time, but, you know, it's going to be one of those like, okay, I have to be watching the pay-per-view or I have to be watching Raw or SmackDown or Dynamite to catch it, and it's going to be cool. But when it comes to that storytelling, it's like, okay, I've put in time into this. I've put in, you know, hours of my life into this. Like, what's the payoff? So it's the buildup. And the payoff, actually. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's really what it comes down to is it was what led up to that point, right? Because the match is maybe going to be good, right? But it's it's everything that led to that point. Uh, real quick before we uh, move on, um, I was watching, you know, I, was telling, I was talking about the A&E biography series, and they were talking to Jake the Snake. All right, wait, wait, no, was it the Jake the Snake? Jake no, the Snake, I'm, brilliant talker. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah. God um, damn. His it wasn't, no, it wasn't biography. It was uh, Treasures, WWE's Most Wanted Treasures. Okay. And, you know, they're trying to get some of his, like, a snake bag and stuff like that. And I and it's really funny because, you know, you, you get a lot of information from this, right? And you know that he literally despised Honky Tonk Man. He hated the Honky Tonk Man. Because he fucked up his back with the guitar. Yeah, well, that's what I was just talking about. Because uh, and this was a build-up, right? They were going to have this match, and this basically was the the lead into this was the fact that they were, he, you know, he Jake the Snake Roberts used to have a thing called the Snake Pit. It's kind of like Piper's Pit or like um, uh, Miss TV Peep Show, or the Peep Show, Cutting like, Edge, cutting, right? Any of those Jericho's right? Highlight Reel, right? Any of those. <laughs> Chris knows them all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know them too. I just can't remember them all. <laughs> the fucking guy eats, drinks, and sleeps fucking wrestling. Yeah. Um, but no, so there was, a, it was called the Snake Pit. And he, the guest was the Honky Tonk Man. And his manager at the time was Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart. And, you know, and, you know, of course, you know, Honky Tonk Man's, well, it's really funny because Jake the Snake is scared of snakes. Yes. <laughs> He's scared of Until he got into the ring. That mm-hmm. was the only time because he could turn it on. That's how much of a professional he was. So, anyways, the the they he uh, this whole thing went on in the snake pit, and I didn't know any of this, right? Because you find this out watching this, this show, and this is why I like wrestling, and when I find out all these details, and you know, the honky tonk man had the, him and mouth of the south were leaving. They left. Well, honky tonk man came back around the other side, and he was supposed to hit him square in the back with the with the guitar, and he caught him in the side of the head which actually fucked up his neck to a couple of his vertebrae. It was also supposed to be a uh, gimmicked guitar. Right. Yeah. And it wasn't a gimmick guitar, it was a real guitar. And that lit off, that started a great build up that led into a match where Jake the Snake they actually hated each other. And when they fought, I mean it was legit. I mean Ooh. they yeah, Jake the Snake beat the fuck out of him. Yeah, there was a lot of uh stiff blows in there yeah. so to speak. Yeah, yeah they, they didn't there there were no punches pulled. There was I mean, literally, you know, because, you know, when you hit somebody and you actually haul off in him, they call it, that's, you know, you're, you're stiff. You you're know? working stiff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, so that was a buildup that, you know, as a, as a kid in those days, right, we're talking, what, like 90, it was like 90, mid-90s? Something or, like that. Early 90s? Early 90s. No, it was 90s. early 90s. Early 90s. Yeah, it was early 90s. You know, for me, that was like, that was, you know. Holy shit, he just got hit with a real guitar. Well, he did get hit with a fucking real that guitar. That was actually a time where he got hit with a real guitar. <laughs> they were looking for that guitar to put in the WWE uh, archives, you know, because they're trying to put a big collection together so the fans can go and enjoy this stuff. That's another really good show if you get a chance and you can watch it. Hopefully, they'll put that on uh, the network. I, I've watched clips of that on, on yeah, uh, but YouTube. That was, there was, like, that was a buildup. And it, it, you were, you know, when he started talking about the buildup to the match, like Kofi Mania, that was huge. I, I think making Kofi. 
the world champion was the greatest thing to happen in professional wrestling since the Attitude Era. Yeah. So, yeah, that that, that freaking, good. Dude, that freaking good, really. That the the storytelling behind it then the payoff. The payoff was incredible and the thing is that's when they started really doing WrestleManias like crazy long and where people were just burnt out. But the thing is, the people were so fucking behind Kofi. Yeah. Like, whenever he showed up on SmackDown, he had that gauntlet match because Mustafa Ali was supposed to be in it, but he had gotten that concussion. And so Kofi took over for him and ran a gauntlet match and was in it for over an hour. And people just got behind that because they are like, holy shit, you know, is he going to go into the elimination? Then he goes into the elimination chamber, massive pop. And just any time he showed up, Massive Pop was supposed to be in at, like, Fastlane, got replaced. Was supposed to be in on another pay-per-view, got replaced. Then they had this uh, gauntlet match with the tag team for the New Day in order for um, Kofi to get into WrestleMania. Vince said if they run the gauntlet, you can get in. And they just showed up and, you know, beat everybody. And then they had the Usos come out, and the Usos had a big-time rivalry with the New Day. And the Usos said, you know, we have nothing but respect for you. We forfeit. And, like, that was awesome because it's like, holy shit, like, nothing but respect for that. And then um, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan came in, and Big E rolls over a table on Rowan, and it's just like, goddamn, going to any lengths to get a count-out victory so that they can move on and get uh, Kofi into the main event. And it was just, I remember that was, like, one of the few times I watched week after week after week because of the story behind it. Because Kofi was always one of my favorites because he had the SOS and Trouble in Paradise, I think, is just a badass move. And um, just sitting there and watching it and just being enthralled in it and just really paying attention week in and week out. It's like, oh, my God, is the, it, are they actually going to do this? Are they going to do what WWE has kind of been doing where you're giving the people what they want, but at the very last second you're going to dick them? <laughs> Uh, I think that's why when I grew up watching, or the couple of years I watched wrestling, that's why I enjoyed it because of all the, the storylines, the Undertaker versus Kane and Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg, even though that match was garbage. But oh, uh, there, there's there, there, I could give you there's Survivor of Series 2016 matches. was the best <laughs> was the best Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar. Really, five moves. That's all it needed. <laughs> Well, what was I? I was watching something. Somebody had said something, and like Goldberg is like the worst guy to ever be a wrestler ever. And they they talk about it all the time because uh, it was probably Broken Skull Sessions with Bret Hart. He kept calling him a big stupid gorilla uh, because he ended Bret Hart's I've, career. I don't think I've watched that Broken Skull. Watch that one because Bret Hart shits but on him know, the but whole I know, but I know somebody else did that too. And, and they're and they're absolutely right. I mean, Goldberg had no talent whatsoever. All he had was that fucking jackhammer. Yeah, he looked like a million. Well, bucks. it was great, right? Because you're watching, and and you know and the jackhammer looked legit too. That oh, was yeah. the thing. He'd do it on anyone. He yeah. did it on the giant. But you uh, sit a big there, show, you know, and but he'd you do sit, it perfectly. But you sit there and you watch, like you know, you go back to the Attitude Era stuff, and, and you know, you know, all of a sudden it's like you know he's like one and zero, oh, and then he's two and zero, oh, and then like the next week he's like thirty and zero. Oh. It's like where the fuck did he wrestle twenty eight other matches? Yeah, and WCW <laughs> wasn't doing house shows at the time. Yeah, there they were, were no only doing shows. live TV. So it was like, you know, yeah, it was only it was it was it was Monday Nitro, and that was it. Yeah, well, that was before Thunder. Up, what, was that, what was the Thursday? Thunder. Night? Thunder. That was it. Thursday Night Thunder. And, that was a terrible yeah. game. But it was like it was like you know he had like you know it was like he's one and zero, and then two and zero, and then three and zero, and then all of a sudden he's like thirty and zero, then he's like thirty five and zero, and then he's like fifty and zero, and it's like 
874 and 0. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on here? He's only been wrestling for two and a half weeks. He, he either doesn't know. He, they he, either they're doing a lot Tony of. Tony Schiavone does not know math. They're doing a lot of, of dark matches, right? Mm-hmm. Or he's jackhammering these fools like like ten guys <laughs> a night in a dark match, right? Or or these fuckers at WCW don't know how to count. Yeah. And most likely they don't know how to count. And those of you who don't know, a dark match, which I did not explain in the Chris and Brian talk wrestling, is a untelevised match usually used for developments and uh, getting a guy some ring work. It kind of reminds would that be considered, there was a time where um, uh, JBL was going against uh, Eddie Guerrero, oh. and they had a match over in El Paso, but it wasn't like, it wasn't a smackdown, it was just like a, a sh- uh, house show. Type like a house show. Yeah. 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 And then like that wouldn't uh, be considered a dark match. That wouldn't be considered no. no a dark no. match usually takes place the night of a televised event, but it's not actually on TV. Right. Uh, so okay. like you know you get to when, so like the last time I went to a Raw was uh, <laughs> how long ago? The, no, <laughs> this falls under the category of another reason why I'm not married. Uh, was uh, Valentine's Day 2000. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. By, yeah, it was 2000 or 2001. It was uh-huh. two, I think it was 2001, actually, I think. And uh, that guy that I was telling you guys about um, that uh, worked with when I was working for Ned's and he was a sales guy, he was a big wrestling guy, too. Yeah. So he got tickets to Raw one night. And he just happened to be on Valentine's Day. And I told my, I told my wife, I'm going to wrestling. Damn. <laughs> Went to the Shark Tank to watch uh, Monday Night Raw. As a matter of fact, it was, it was really funny because I remember coming home and because, you know, it starts at 6 o'clock. Right. So they can televise it live on the East Coast. And, you know, at the time, you know, if you had local cable, you could only watch it at nine o'clock. Right. So, you you know, you watch on USA at nine o'clock. And I came home and we got home. It was like 10 o'clock and my dad had recorded it. So he was watching it and recording it for me. And it was really funny because and I think I told you about this, Chris, that there's this there's a scene at the rock was doing something. I think he was coming out to the ring or he was already in the ring and I'd gotten up to go grab a beer. And the I walked. What's the uh, the camera that they always face? What's the, the hard camera? The hard camera. Thank you. The the hard camera. I wa- I was walking along the backside of the ring, dude, and and I, I could see myself walking along. It was yeah. fucking hilarious, dude. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, that so that's like my my you know, like thirty seconds of fame right there. I was on mm. an episode of Raw. <laughs> nice. Um, I was in yeah. an A's game once. That's that's about it. Yeah. But yeah, that was um, uh, no shit. I brain farted just now. I totally just lost my train of thought on this. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, that's uh, wrestling is like a big thing that you're into. Yep. That um, obviously so, I'm into as well. So basically, <laughs> the buildup would be the the buildup, the buildup, and the finish, and it's got to be a good finish because yep. you could have a good buildup and really lead into a match, and then all of a sudden you have the match, and it could be a total shit show. Goldberg versus Brock Lesnar, and that's the only match. Goldberg versus Lesnar until Goldberg came back. And then that got me right back into wrestling. That was the match that got me like full throttle right back in. And then I just took off oh, more than I'd ever wrong. been. I, the guy was a total fucking ox, but man, I loved watching him. Um, <laughs> if he was against the right person. Um, yeah, good stuff. But, um, you know, another thing that you're into, um, TV and movies. Oh yeah. Um, what would you say is your biggest, uh, or your favorite genre of movies? Depends on the time frame. I mean, I used to be a huge horror guy. I used to love horror movies. Yeah, you do um, throw the best Halloween parties, so. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. 
Um, no, horror movies were were at one time my my all time favorites. Um, everything from, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I mean, uh, I can go back to like the like the the seventies and eighties horror movies. You know, the Nightmares on Elm Streets and the Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Hellraisers. Um, I used to love watching that shit. Um, but a, a, as time's gone on, everything has changed so damn much that horror movies don't have the same appeal to me anymore as they used to. Yeah, no, I wholeheartedly um, agree with that. Uh, you know, what I catch myself now being older is I have this what-if thing for me. Uh, I love alternate universe kind of shit, uh, parallel time. Uh, you know, I'm big on that kind of weird nonsense, you know. Um, I wa- uh, Time travel is a big thing for me. Um, <laughs> I watch this movie. I, I, I've... I knew I'd seen it once before, but it was, I don't remember it. And it was right after I got HBO max and it was, it's called, um, Oh my God. Uh, Oh damn it. I, I, was, I, I wanted to talk about this and I can't remember the name of it. It was, <laughs> it was, um, it's not that Lovecraft is it? No, 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 no. It was, it's, it's a movie that came out like in 2011, I think. And Anna Ferris is in it. Um, and it's, it's a British show. And it's uh, the something about time travel, and it's really funny. It's they're three buddies, right? And they're at this. They went to a like a they were at work or whatever, and then they're gonna go have drinks at the pub afterwards. And somehow one of the guys is writing a story or something like that, something along those lines. Um, and the one the the one guy goes, um, he says, oh, I got to go to the loo or whatever. So he gets up and goes to the bathroom. Well, somewhere along the line in the bathroom is a portal through time. <laughs> so <laughs> the movie's just – it's just silly, right? But it's funny. It's fun to watch. I mean I, I could watch it three or four times uh, you know, in, in one sitting just because it's just so ridiculous. But he's like he, – he's going – he's walking to the bathroom and uh, totally clips of the heart is playing, right? And he's <laughs> – right? so here they're in this British pub and – let me rewind. I'm sorry. I got a little ahead of myself. So the one guy who's the main, act, the lead actor in this thing, he goes to go, he goes to grab some beers, and as he's walking in, he you know, you got to duck down through this fucking doorway thing to go into where the where the one bar is, and as he's walking back with the beers and the chips, Anna Ferris is sitting there and she's like, oh hi, and talking to him, and she's like, oh you know, I want you, and she's telling him how she's a time traveler and all this shit, and he's thinking she's fucking nuts. And so he goes back, and he's sitting down with his buddies, and he said, dude, I just met this chick, and she's like, you know, and they're going all – so and at some point in the conversation, they're talking about how he's full of shit and all this stuff. So then one guy gets up and totally clips to the hardest plane, and he's walking to the bathroom, and he's just walking to the bathroom, and he puts his shades on, and he he does all this weird shit, and he's, and he's at the urinal, and he's dancing around and moving all this stuff. And when he comes back out, he walks into the pub, and everyone's dead. And he's, thinking, yeah, right? and he's thinking to himself, what the fuck is going on here, right? So he's freaking out. So he goes back into the bathroom. Then when he comes back out of the bathroom, everything's normal again. And so now he's got you – know, this is the guy that doesn't believe in this shit, right? And so they go back. So he takes the other two guys. They all go to the bathroom together. So three guys walk into the, into the loo together, right? And he goes, this is what I was doing. So he makes them do exactly what he was doing, singing and moving his hips and going to wash his hands. And when they walk out – they're the, everything's changed. They're like in the future, far in the future. And it's just this weird movie, but it's so funny, right? Because it's like the shit we would sit around as three guys sitting around talking about 
if time travel, right? The what if, right? Just weird, and it's corny. And they come to find out that he left something. He had something. They, they, whatever he was writing down was left in the bar in the in the pub, and that's what started this whole future where the future gets all kind of fucked up. And then they're standing outside and there's this mural with the three of them with their hoodies and shit on. But then there's like giant creatures. It's just bizarre. But it was, it was kind of like a comedy, kind of a, a sci-fi comedy kind of a thing, right? But for me, the, the whole time travel thing uh, over the last few years has really become a big thing for me. I just watched a movie recently called um, Parallel where these these two guys uh, there there's like four guys there's three guys and a gal and they're uh they like they're like trying to create this parking like parking stall app and somehow they end up upstairs in the attic of this house they're renting and it's a two it's a, the you somehow they they tilt the mirror and the guy falls through the mirror and his hand goes through the mirror and he's freaking out and they come to find out there it's a parallel world and they they go into this parallel world well he comes back the the um <clears throat> It's only been like, you know, five minutes. He's been over there for like two hours. So there's this lapse in time between the two worlds. So they decide to go over there and write their app, and they create the app in like, you know, a day. Oh, wow. Yeah, but of course, you know, it all goes bad, right? Because then the one guy, you know, one guy gets killed, and, and, and you know, it just goes to show you that, you know, just because you think you're doing something good, then you go and you kidnap the guy who died in your world, and you go over there to the other world, and you bring this guy back, and you make him think that this is his world. Right, because their friend is dead now. So, um, I got hooked on a. a there's a show on um, on Prime Video called Man in the High Castle. It's based on a Philip K. Dick novel. And um, I, I I've only read a, a few. You know, like um, of course you've all seen Blade Runner, right? So you've never seen Blade Runner. No. Oh, you're fucking no. Okay, we have to <laughs> cut this off right now. You've never seen Blade Runner. No. Uh, so he wrote Blade Runner, but the the actual novel was called uh, Do. Uh, oh, what the hell is it? Do sheep count? Do sheep sleep or do sheep count at night or something like that? It's you know, do they count to fall asleep or so? I don't remember what the hell the title of the book was called. But anyways, Blade <laughs> Runner is based on that book. Oh yeah. Uh, but so it's called Man in the High Castle. And it's an alternate universe show. It basically, the Germans got the, the got the atomic bomb before we did. They dropped a bomb on Washington D.C. The Japanese took over the West Coast. So all of the West, from like uh, from the the Rocky Mountains over, all right, just before the Rocky Mountains, whatever, is like Japanese-controlled states, and the entire East is all controlled by the Nazis. And the movie, the the sh the series takes place in the '60s, uh, and then uh, there's a bunch of really good actors in this thing. Um, but it's that whole alternate universe, that alternate world thing. Like, what if, what if the Nazis had dropped a bomb on Washington D.C. before we came up with the hydrogen bomb? Kind of a scenario. Um, so th those are the kind of things that I that I, I tend to watch a lot of now. I still watch a lot of you know comic book stuff. Um, you know, of course. Chris knows Star Wars is my one of my near and dearest um, favorites. Even though I never saw the original Star Wars until I was like twenty year twenty, I think I was twenty one or twenty two years old. That that sounds about right for me too, because I didn't watch it until uh, Episode Seven came out. Yeah, but you got to what? I, that's all. That's, that's, that's the first, I knew the storyline of Star Wars, but the, 
I watched the first three originals until episode seven came out. I've seen episode one and three, but I've never seen anything. I had never watched four, five, or six. See, for me, it was it was. It was <laughs> Chris is shaking his head. As, by as the a, way, as a as a little kid, <laughs> my parents didn't. We didn't go to the movies. Right? That wasn't something that was in you know my. This just the way I was raised. Right. I mean, my parents didn't do things like that. Um, <clears throat> my mom would go shopping at the mall, and it, back in the seventies, the mall had a movie theater, and they used put cartoons on or whatever, and my mom would go buy me a ticket, sit me down in the theater. Her and my great aunt would go shopping, and then I they would come get me when they were done. And um, But yeah, the first movie I ever saw in the theater was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I was in third, no, 70, that's 77, I think, right? 77 or 78. So I was in like second grade, I think, and a kid that was, I considered him my best friend at the time. We were friends all through, you know, elementary school. Then his parents got divorced and he moved away. Um, but they took me to go see Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So that was the very first movie I ever saw in the theater. The second movie I saw in the theater was Return of the Jedi. Oh, wow. In 1983. Because they went to go see it and they took me to see it. So I had no idea about action figures of Star Wars or anything. I didn't even it wasn't it was just not something that I got into. So I think I was 21 or 22 and um I finally broke down and I saw Star Wars. Um and then I watched Empire and I and Empire Strikes Back. And of course I fell in love with it at that point. Um and then you know when they released uh Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Jedi Revenge of the Sith. Or Revenge of the Sith, excuse me. Revenge of the Jedi was originally the title for Return of the Jedi. Yep. Um I um I was pretty I was pretty excited. Oh man, we get new Star Wars movies. This is fucking great, right? I mean, I'm so excited. Cause I was, you know, a a big fan of it. I remember watching rewinding a little bit. Uh I remember watching that uh, the Christmas special with the che- with the Chewbacca's. They aired it one year. That was it. That was it. <laughs> that was it. It was horrible. It was so fucking stupid. Like you get <laughs> Chewbacca's mom and his dad and little brother or whatever the fuck it was. It was just silly, dude. That sounds dumb. It was dumb. It was it was very dumb. But but, but, it, go, but going back to that episode one thing, is it true that people paid full ticket prices just to watch the trailer of the of the? I uh, that I don't know. That no. that I don't know. No. I um, I was super excited about. Phantom Menace, and to this day, I still really enjoy. I enjoy all the Star Wars movies. I don't give a shit what the the fanboys, the critics, any of those people say. I'm thankful that they're making Star Wars movies, right? Because it, it gives me this this this, you know, I I, I feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Um, but uh, Phantom Menace, I thought was really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and then Attack of the Clones was really good, except for all the lovey-dovey nonsense with all the Padme Anakin crap. I mean, I understand <laughs> that it had to be put into the movie because you have to figure, you have to know where Luke and Leia came from. And Anakin post uh, Tusken Raider slaughter. That was good. That was um, that. That scene was cool when he did that, but then when he cried to Padme about it, uh, uh, yeah, even as a ten-year-old kid, I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. <laughs> Attack of the Clones is probably my least favorite of all the Star Wars movies. Is Attack of the Clones, and it's not because it wasn't because I mean the fight on Geonosis was fucking fantastic. Yeah. With all, I mean when when Django loses his head to Mace Windu, that was the fucking bomb. Right. They there. just they just threw enough shit in there that didn't need to be. Right. Exactly. To, not necessarily sour it, but it was the weak well, link of that trilogy. The whole Naboo thing with them secretly being married and stuff. I I understand it, but you know you could have told it much differently. I just thought that there was too much. 
for being a Star Wars movie where, you know, you look back and you watch Star Wars and Empire, and there's this, just this, you know that there's this love triangle with Luke, Leia, and Han in the beginning, right? And then you find out, you know, that Luke and Leia are brother and sister, so you know that that's, you know. But there was this unsaid love thing between Luke, I mean, between Leia and Han that they never, they never really hit on. You know what I mean? But you knew it was there, but they didn't have to promote it, right? Um, so for me, you know, that was the only downside to Attack of the Clones. You know, everything up to that when the clones show up and all that shit, and like when he's on, uh, what was the uh, what was the clone planet? Um, Kamino. Uh, Kamino. 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 Um, that was all that oh, that whole fight scene there with Obi Wan and Jango. I thought was really well done. Yeah. I, I liked the I liked the the cinematography on it. I mean, most of it was CG, but it just yeah, but still, just like Jango the, having the different gadgets. Exactly. Yeah, you see where where Boba gets it all from, yep. right? Um. So there, there. Attack of the Clones has its really good points, but it has more cons than pros for me. And then, of course, Revenge of the Sith is probably the best of the three. Oh yeah, Revenge of the Sith shot. is by far the best of the three. Yeah, um, you know, and then you know when they announced when Disney and when and when Lucas announced that he was selling Lucasfilm to Disney, and the Disney came right out and said we're putting out another Star Wars movie. I was like fucking in heaven, right? And say what you will, I mean, Force Awakens to me, I thought was well, it was well done. I just thought the story was very repetitive. I thought, you know, it, it you, was. They were trying to capture a lot of the magic from the uh, the first two from, trilogies. From, yeah, right. Um, Force Awakens is my favorite of the three of the latter of, trilogy. Of the latter, yeah, yeah, pretty much. I uh, mean, you know, I thought, I thought, you know, it I had I, a lot of good setups for me. I had a lot of good setups. Right, and, and and that that was just it. So Force Awakens, you know, when it when I got to the theater and then fucking, you know, and all of a sudden, boom, Star Wars and the Force Awakens and the, the whole story starts rolling by and you're reading that and you're, and I'm getting all psyched out and then all of a sudden here you see, you know, Max von Sydow, you know, playing one of the rebels, you know. Well, the, the it wasn't really, well, I guess they I guess they still are considered rebels at this point because the the First Order is trying to take over. Um but you know I'm a, I'm a big the Max resistance. Von, that's what they're. The resistance. That's what, yeah, yeah. resistance. Yeah, because I'm a big Max von Sydow. He's done a lot of great movies. I mean, Needful Things is one of my favorites with him. Um, so seeing him in there was really good. Of course, you know he dies right away, which kind of sucked. Um, uh, I, I think my 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 weak the weakest link in the the latest trilogy for me is Finn. I just don't think they ever did any. They never brought Finn up to. Yeah, like Force Awakens, they set him up to be this big character. Then the next two, they just kind of drowned him out. Right, right. Like he, or he's never, just not you, important anymore. You never find out that he's trying to tell Ray that he's that he's a Force user. He's not a he's not a Jedi. He's just a Force user. Yeah, he's Force sensitive. Right, and and that's the thing that always bothers me about when people talk about the Star Wars movies. It's like when Leia, you know, you know, wills herself to go back into the ship after it's after she's blown out, and People were like, "Well, you know, she didn't. She wasn't a Jedi, and she didn't train, and da 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 da, and all this stuff." Yeah, but she was force sensitive, right? Force yeah. user, same difference, right? Well, then they went back and showed that she was actually training. Exactly. At well, one that's time. what I'm saying. Well, and that was, and that was, you know, that kind of gives you a lot of of backstory in that, you know, because now you understand that she was training, but then she gave up to become a mother. That was the key. She became a mother, and becoming a mother was more important to her. To than the world's worth, being Sith a Jedi. Lord. 
So, I mean, I, I like them all. I mean, like I said, I, all nine movies are great. Uh, because Not number nine. <laughs> Not number eight. Well, number eight was the, eight the, was the, saving, the saving grace of number eight was the, the fight scene between Ray Kylo Ren with his and pants Kylo Ren versus yes. his, uh, uh, the Praetorian Guards. Oh, yeah. No that doubt. was amazing. No, but what I'm saying is, though, is, it's just the fact that we have Star Wars movies again, right? I did, but then it started it started catering more to the wrong crowd. But, and but that's the, why. But they're just, always going to do that. You know, for me, okay, not that it, that it bothers me. I mean, it, it, okay, it but does bother me, but doesn't bother me. It's the fact that at the end of Rise of Skywalker, you had those two resistance kissing, or the two females are kissing, right? Okay, I don't have a problem with that. It's just the fact that that's never been in a Star Wars movie before that. So did you put that in just because you want to appease the masses? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it's it's not that I don't care well, that they're doing that. It's just that you know they're 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 appeasing the masses. I thought it was just dumb that they're appeasing the masses with the Mary Sue character. <laughs> well, in general, but that's what I'm saying though. It it's just you know, I, I you know it, okay. if they had, I I would I will always feel that if they had written out the scripts or at least like the basic plot points for those three movies rather than the way that they did, which was. Every every director was gonna have like their they, own thing. That's because they fell apart. Yeah. So if they had like written basically a story arc for those three movies, yeah, that like trilogy all together, been, because that was the thing with yeah. the original trilogy is um, that was already like, a story there. George right. Lucas wrote out a nine part story. Right, I know. Yeah. That was the thing. And then he turned. A New Hope was just originally Star Wars. It right. wasn't Star Wars. A New Hope. It was Star Wars because he's like, I got the rights to do this. Let me throw it to the wall and see if it sticks. Luckily, it did. He was able to build the the original trilogy off of it, and throw in his his um, fifth and sixth part in it. Then he's all like, goes back years later, and it's like, okay, now I need to go back and do the original trilogy, at least you right. know, get the yeah. story get well, the story from the beginning. And if you go back to the first three, I, I, the the big discussion in '99 was, what are they talking? What are metachlorians? That doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe. Well, of course it did. But by the time Star Wars New Hope comes out, there are no Jedi. So nobody knows anything about Jedi. Yep. The Jedis that are left are in hiding, and they don't talk about it. You know? It, you, you can go back and watch, like, you know, if you watch, like, uh, the Clone Wars, right? Um, uh, the, the cartoon, the, the, uh, the animated, not the CG one. But yep. the CG one's one of my favorites. But you watch those, and there's a lot of Force users that are you know that are Sith, right? They're not they're not Sith, but they use the dark side of the Force. They wield that power, but they'll never be they'll never be they'll never be Siths, right? Same thing with the Jedi. That was the 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 thing with um, was is it the uh, is it it's the last Jedi? I think it's number eight. Isn't that the one where they go to that racetrack? Yes. That's the one they go to the racetrack, right? Yep. And at the very end of the movie, you see that little boy. He does, yeah. And he controls that broom. He right? controls the broom, Because yeah. he's, the, he's the next generation of Jedi. Basically, that's what, uh, when they broke down that movie, it was that uh, Rain Johnson wanted to basically put it out there that, you know, you don't have to be a Skywalker or, or like someone that's connected to a Jedi to be a um, Force user. Right. It could be basically anybody. Yeah. Could be a Force user. Oh, that's yeah. why I had the little boy yeah. do the exactly. Force. But of course he, I don't know, he kind of fucked up with that movie. Ruin Johnson, Ruin Johnson, as I like to call him. You know, he's supposedly they talked about that he was going to start a new trilogy. Oh, he better not. So, uh, he better not. They might give it to him now because I don't know. It, it, 
look, you better not. After the after nine was a big hit, they might just give it to him. But at the same time, because of the backlash and, and how they divided it, because after seven, nine was a big hit because it was the last one. Right. Yeah. That's why seven had like there's a lot of people that hated seven because it was like a rehash of number four. Mm-hmm. But it it got so much money towards them that people still want to keep watching Star Wars. But eight just divided the fan base down the middle. Well, like, there's no middle. No. There's no middle ground on that. Yeah. Either you hate it or you love it. Right. And it's just like people, they don't want to take well, that gamble again. It's like what I was saying, right? I don't think it's the greatest Star Wars movie ever made, but I take it with a grain of salt because I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah. I like Star Wars enough that, yeah, it's not perfect, but I still watch it and I still go, man, I fucking love Star Wars. I mean, there with, some parts I would cut with out. With the yeah. backlash that came with the latest Star Wars trilogy, too, J.J. Abrams said he's like, he really has to, like, because he fully loves Star informed Wars. before taking on another mm-hmm. big project again because of what happened well, with Star Wars. But he only headed Force of the Awakens, and then he just kind of dipped out for the next two. Right. Which, well, he understandably, just, he's a very sought-after well, person and, in Hollywood. You know, he's so. a huge Star Wars fan. Yeah. He was really afraid to do Star Wars because he was afraid he'd break it. In and all he, honesty, he should have been on for the next two because... I felt like he at least laid down good enough groundwork right. to where if he would have kept going, you know, you would have at least seen his vision from right. beginning to end right. as instead well, of, uh, okay, I'm going to put this here, then ruin Johnson comes on and ruins the Johnson. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. I mean, you, you know, it, <laughs> if you look back at, at the, the original trilogy, you know, Lucas did the first one on a fucking shoestring budget. I mean, he had fucking hardly any money. Right. And it became this. Luke was wearing old diapers as his clothes. It became <laughs> this huge, you know, or it was the biggest movie of all time at that at that point in, in in history, right? And so he decided to do Empire Strikes Back, but this time he owned all the rights to it, right? He, Fox had no control over it, so that that made that made the big difference. And Empire will always be the greatest Star Wars movie ever made. Without a doubt, will be the greatest Star Wars movie ever made. And George Lucas didn't even direct it. Nope. <laughs> I know, the, the next but he wrote. Are, but he wrote. It, he wrote the script. He oversaw and the, it. Yeah, and the story. So I mean, it's it's it's. It he is. didn't have the director title. Well, I you know, say. he's not a big fan of the last three movies. No, he's not a big fan at all. He didn't like their direction at winning. For me, but he sold the rights. So exactly, and I mean, the saving grace for me in Rise of Skywalker was the bringing the Emperor back. I thought that was just fucking genius to me. No, be, <laughs> no, really. Because I think the whole tie-in, though, with the Ray thing was kind of, eh. I just thought throughout other stuff, they just brought people back too much. Well, they didn't bring Han back. They should have. They should have brought Han I mean, back. you kind of... In a way, they did. Well, they, in a way, they did. I honestly really. think that's why I hate Kylo Ren so much, because he killed Han Solo. <laughs> no. Yeah, I, uh, you know, like I said, for me, it's they're making Star Wars movies, you know, and then, of course... I think the saving grace of everything is Rogue One. Yeah. Rogue, Rogue One, One was Oh, my awesome. God. That, I remember when I saw it and heard about what the plot was. I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is going to be stupid. And Angel actually took me to go see it. And he's like, no, I think it's going to be good. And he goes, oh, I'll pay. And I'm like, okay, cool. That literally it, it becomes a Star Wars movie. It blew my mind. Yeah. I'm like, how the fuck were they able to do all this with a filler, which was labeled as a filler? 
It's all like, God damn, they I, I, executed this like a motherfucker. The, the thing I remember is when, when they uh, announced that movie, people were like, oh, well, they just took a line out of the, the text scroll, and now they're going to do that with all the movies, and there's going to be a cash grab, and it's going to be garbage and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, I, I was going kind of skeptical into that movie. I was like, oh, I don't know. If I that's was. I was fully skeptical. And, I'll admit it. But the movie was really good, but the part that really like launched it to the next level was that ending scene. Oh, yeah. That ending scene, yeah. I was like, why do you not I hear mean, about any of these characters? Because they all fucking died. I mean, they died. all died, yeah. and then you see Princess Leia getting the fucking plans. It's yeah. like, oh my fucking god! And they then died that for fucking end scene with Darth Vader. Oh my god, that Darth is Vader. the best fucking yeah. Darth that, Vader scene ever. Yeah. Nothing will ever touch that. Oh no, yeah, no. yeah. That was it. As a matter of fact, I just ordered the Rogue One poster so I can put it next to my Star Wars poster in my bedroom. Nice. Because <laughs> I have in my bedroom, I have. Uh, well, it's an empty it's an empty frame right now, but it's gonna be Rogue One, and it's got Star Wars, Empire's right above my bed, and then Return of the Jedi's to the left. My front bedroom, I have Episodes one, two, and three, and the living room, I have seven, eight, nine. Oh wow! <laughs> and then, uh, even though it took away, um, because they were gonna try and keep doing the Star Wars stories, even though it didn't do well enough in the box office, I actually like Solo. I have no complaints about Solo. I actually like that movie. It, it, it just sucks that they, they should have just got Ron Howard in the first place. Yeah. And it probably would have been less less stressful that way. You know, when, when you, when, you know, there there's another industry that kind of makes me scratch my head because I, I know people in that industry and, and it's, it's just, it's a nasty business. Hollywood is a nasty business. And, you know, you hire somebody to do a job. And they have a certain vision of how they want that job to go. A <laughs> perfect example. Okay, let's let's go to uh, let's move on to uh, getting off not not necessarily getting off of you know the the story of like Star Wars and stuff, but Justice League. Okay, here you have this movie that's supposed to tie in all the new DC universe stuff, right? And WB says, Nah, we don't want fucking Zachary. We don't like your idea. So they bring Josh Whedon in. Yeah, I like Josh Whedon, right? But it was fucking lame. Too much comedy. Well, it wasn't that they didn't like Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder had a family tragedy and he had to step off. Really? Because that's not what I read was that they, they or maybe. maybe he had no, this, he, he had a, uh, his daughter commit suicide. And so he couldn't finish the movie. And so they brought in Josh. But after that, they so kind you guys of. Read, you guys do a lot more research than I do. <laughs> and then Josh, we Way more all like. He's all like, hey, I'm going to take this, and then I'm going to fucking totally shit in the toilet yeah, bowl, he, he, he and I'm not going to flush. Yeah. And, and I'm the not thing gonna was flush. that after that, um, because that had failed, because, you know, kind of, it didn't fail, but people weren't okay with it, and then uh, Suicide Squad kind of failed. They kind of didn't want to take any more from the, the um, Snyderverse, as they call it now. Right. Yeah. And so they kind of like, no, we don't, after he was able to come back, and after all the criticism, they're like, no, we don't want your idea anymore. And then so after that, he started his campaign of like release the Snyderverse or the um, Snyder, Snyder cut. cut of yeah. the Justice League, which is which is fucking great. Yeah, but it, now P, but now WB is like, no, we still don't want you here. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, and now that's, HBO Max is like, yeah, but we could throw you some money. Yeah, and we could maybe make this. And now they're doing uh, release the or do the Ben Affleck Batman movie. Are they really gonna you, do it? If you've heard about like how that one was, how he wanted to do that one, like that one sounded epic as hell. But Warner Brothers would just be like really weird about it. Well, I was starting to talk about the uh, the the new Batman, Robert Pattinson. Like, it, it, not my favorite, you know, not my first choice of, of a Batman. I mean, Christian Bale will always be my Batman. I mean, the Dark Knight series was just an amazing 
trilogy. I thought it was really well done, well directed. Uh, I have this problem with Robert Pattinson because I just don't see him being a Batman kind of guy. And I don't really know much about it because I haven't really been fo- – I don't follow any of that stuff. I can tell you guys. I don't go online and read research. and things. Every once in a while something pops in my head. And I'm like, oh, I'll go check that out. Um, For me, it's not him being Batman. It's just it's him. It's him being Bruce Wayne. I mean, I know everyone's a well, critic, and you know. No, no, but well, same thing though. For me, Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person. Yeah. So whoever's playing Batman is playing Bruce Wayne. I'm just not a Robert Pattinson fan. I mean, go back to you know his the Twilight series, right? I don't. I never watched it. I have no interest in watching it. I just don't understand this fascination with this guy. And then when he was in the was that the Goblet of Fire. With Harry, you know, Harry Potter's Goblet of Fire. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember, <laughs> kill the spare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I really, and I thought, I mean, the the whole, I mean, he they kind of pushed him a lot in that movie, you know, because he was Cedric like Diggory. Harry Potter's, you know, the the arch rival basically yeah. for that, because he was gonna, you know, because he's, you know, I don't know, I'm just not a big fan. I, I just never really see anything that I really care for him in, and I just doesn't doesn't you know doesn't do anything. Well, for me, it was like after. Um, I remember when they announced Heath Ledger as the Joker, mm. and then I was like, "Really? I don't see it." Oh, but then they released a teaser trailer, and at the end of the teaser, he's like laughing. I was sold. I was like, "Oh shit!" I oh was yeah, like, oh, by my far, God. Uh, best Joker ever, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know, and well, I, I, I'll say Mark Hamill and then him. Well, yeah, but Mark <laughs> Hamill's on the cartoon though. Yeah. But. In in a live action, and I, and I can go back to like the '60s Batman because I was a big fan of watching those as a kid in reruns uh-huh. of watching Batman. Um, but yeah, Heath Ledger I thought was an amazing Joker, and if had if he hadn't taken his own life, I think things would have been much different. Well, I don't think he took his own life. I think it was just a um, he just took a lot of meds and he didn't know how to that, take them. Yeah, well, yeah. Either and way, that's still taking your own life. Yeah, it's just there's a lot of like things in the pharmacy world where. If people warn you, you won't make those mistakes. But a lot of not necessarily. Yeah. Not necessarily. I, guess, I know a I lot of know. people who t- who take pills just to take pills. Yeah, I mean, and they know the harm that it causes, but they still do it anyway. Yeah, a See, lot I'm not of a them have guy. warning labels on the bottle itself. Well, yeah. Same thing. To. I chew, right? I know it's bad for me, but I still do it, right? It's just it's just who I am, right? He's talking about chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. But no, I you know I think Heath Ledger. I think if he had if he hadn't have died, and that I think the third movie would have been just my oh would have been a uh, masterpiece. Y- maybe. You know, give it to Tom Hardy because the guy is amazing, right? But he's so small <laughs> that they had to make everyone look bigger because he's you know he's not very tall, and for him to play Bane, I I thought that it was it was well done. Uh, you know, as much as I love the second Batman, I still go back and watch the third one over and over again. There's something about the way the story was driven. It was the, the way they, you know, they set that story up where, you know, there's this bomb and nobody knows where it's at. And just Batman, you know, Bruce Wayne just in such a shitty place because he got fucked up. And then, you know, he gets his shit kicked out of him by, by Bane. And they think like he's tiny dead. ass Tom Hardy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's really funny. Cause in that movie, um, uh, what the hell's his name? He play, um, Oh my God, uh, Christopher Judge. He was he played Teal'c on Stargate SG One, and he's like he's pretty tall. I mean, he's he's in the six foot area. I don't know exactly how tall, but I know he's got to be in this. And they literally there was supposed to be a scene with him standing next to Bane, and they actually had to cut that scene because he was too tall. <laughs> <laughs> 
So a little quirky things like that. Um, you know, we were talking, you know, he asked me about earlier about my favorite genre of movies and okay. some of my favorites are the George Romero movies, uh, night of the living dead, 1968, 69, big deal. Right. Um, I watched, uh, the beginning of it and it's so, all spoiled. The end. I, I mean, watched the movie. we're talking, video. we're talking the height of the civil rights movements. And here you have a black leading actor in this movie. And the movie's not about the zombies per se. It's about how fucked up people are. I mean, he gets he gets in that house to you know, and this guy's locked in the basement with his wife and daughter and don't want to help nobody, right? Uh, it, it, you, I watched that movie. I just watched it the other night, and I sit there and I think to myself, the fucking keys were hanging in the basement. Nobody thought of checking the basement to see if the keys for the pickup truck were in the basement, right? Or for the gas pump, excuse me, not the truck, but the gas pump, right? And uh, how stupid can you be? You take a light, you take a torch next to a gas pump. <laughs> and just little quirky things like that. I, I still love that movie, right? Um, and, you know, one of my, my other favorite movie of his is, De- is Dawn of the Dead. And you can't watch Dawn of the Dead. It's nowhere to be seen. You can't find it on any streaming service. can't even buy the Blu-ray or the DVD anymore. Uh, there's some... some uh, I just read about it because I was really interested. I, was, cause I wanted, like, the whole George Romero collection. I was trying to get it on my Voodoo account so I could have all the George Romero zombie movies, you know. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, uh, Land of the Dead, Diary of the Dead. Uh, and then there's one where they're on an airplane. I can't remember which one that one's called. And there's a couple more in Flight of the there. Dead. Uh, is, is it Flight of the Dead? I don't know. Actually, <laughs> it's funny you say that because I think it is something like that along those lines. <laughs> but it's a George Romero movie. Um, but Dawn of the Dead, there's some deal where the way he – it was the way he – when it was filmed and, like, the guy who owns the rights to it won't let it be released now. But somewhere in the UK – because, you know, copyright laws versus – you know, in the States don't affect the rest of the world. And so you can get things done in other parts of the world that you can't do here because of copyright laws. And those those copyright laws are only for the States, at least – from what I understand, and uh, but yeah, I, those those were a set of movies that really got me peeked into the zombie world, and and so and when it comes down to the horror movie selection, you know, of stuff that I've watched over my over the years, those fall in the t- in the category of some of the best zombie movies ever made, for me, um, you know. And then there's the stupid ones like Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead Two. Those are just fucking stupid <laughs> and so much fun to watch. Um, 1999, 98, was it Blair Witch Project? Was it 98, 99? Yeah, somewhere around Somewhere there. in there. Uh, I remember being so enthralled by this movie, right? Because somebody had said something to me, and I'm like, what? So I went online, and the internet was fairly still young at that point in time, you know? And went to this website that had all the Blair Witch Project stuff on there. And, you know, oh my God. They found some video of somebody. What the fuck is this all about? This is some, you know, and they had you believe in it. Like, it was legit. Like, this was real found footage, and these kids actually died trying to find this witch and all this stuff. And then the week after the movie, the I think it was, it was either the week the movie came out or it was the week after or somewhere in there, uh, the, the chick that's in that movie, Heather, whatever her name is, was on the Letterman. <laughs> or Leno. It was one of them. And I was like, aww. It's a fucking movie. You know, they made it, they had this big buildup to, you know, we we're talking about buildups in wrestling. And they had this huge buildup to this movie that made it look legit. And that movie was scary as shit. I still watch it and kind of get the shivers every once in a while because that's just fucking. Yeah, with how it was filmed. Yeah, the way they did it, it was just so well done, you know. I think there was, wasn't there like a, a 
a lot a while back there was like an Italian movie, but it had like a like these Americans they go to uh, this island where there's um cannibals living, and so what they do is like they're trying it's like this documentary type thing. Um. And so the director had signed like a contract where they were not able to do any interviews or anything, and so a lot of people thought it was real, and so the guy went to court. And he has to, he had to actually give out the secrets of how he made that movie look so realistic, Bec- and and he had to get the the actors break their own contract. Because and this is fairly new. No, this was back. Oh, this in is the like day. the seventies. Like the yeah, it's a seventies movie like that. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and um, um, I watched that on AMC. They have that. Um, um, oh, what's I forgot the name of the movie. What is the name? But he got in trouble because the director actually... um, that did uh, Hostel, um, Eli Roth. Uh-huh. They have uh, Eli Roth's history of horror, history of horror, in, in October, and they they talked about that movie. Oh, they do, yeah. That mo- they talked about that movie on there, and uh, that's a really good show if you get you get a chance to watch that, because uh, he talks to all the big directors like Carpenter and, uh, um, uh, like Tobe Hooper who played uh, um, Le- Leatherface. He played Jason. I think he played Jason. I think I think he played Jason in one of the movies. Um, or something along those lines, or he did, uh, or he did take just Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know. I'm a jumbled up mess of information of movies in my head. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, there was uh, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of movies like that in the '70s that were like that. The '70s had really cheesy, disgusting, gross, like make you cringe horror movies, and they were fucking great to watch. Oh, wow. There were there was this there's this thing about the 70s and 80s that they don't do now, you know. We talked a while back. You were talking asking if I'd seen the Nun, and I yeah, no, just no interest. Yeah. Uh, watching, you know, the la- the last big horror movie that I watched, that's new, um, maybe The Conjuring, the second or th- the first or second one, and then they had multiple spinoffs of that. They had Annabelle and a few other things in there. They just released another one. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and it's uh, just the like Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It. Yeah, so it's like now it's just it was way H- too much. It was on HBO Max. I almost watched it. No, my my sister loves that whole uh, series. She went to go watch it in theaters. It wasn't that good. Mm. It was just like a waste of time. See, for me, yeah, that's what Scott said too. It was. Yeah. It was just a waste. Well, uh, that's like the paranormal activity m- movies, right? So, you know, back in the day, I worked with a paranormal <laughs> team, right? We actually did ghost hunting back oh, in shoot. the day. That could be a whole nother fucking podcast. That could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> told you, I'm full of shit. Um, anyways, um, but uh, when the paranormal activity movie came, the first one. That was back in... Uh, it was like 2010, I think. Or 2009. 2009, 2009 yeah. So I, I saw it junior year. And it was so genius to do, right? I mean, they did a really good job with it, you know, because everybody has, you know, at, at some point, it, somewhere somebody has a security camera. So why not put security cameras in your house and you pack, pick up paranormal activity? It was really well done. The part I couldn't understand was if you have this and things are happening, why the fuck are you not checking the videos every day? Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, that's just nothing. Weird shit. I mean, all of a sudden you find shit in the pool, but it wasn't in the pool. So who the fuck put it in the pool? You're not going to go see the camera where you see the fucking shit being drug across the floor by itself. Those kind of – so that was – you know, it was good, but the people, they, they don't film it in a reality kind of way as much as I hate reality in movies sometimes. When you're talking about something that I understand and I'm into, at least try and do it the way we do it. 
you know, uh, you know, it falls under. I used to watch. I was a big fan of uh, and TV shows. Was uh, Ghost Hunters? I used to oh, Ghost that Hunters, show used okay? to. Yeah, I used to love watching that um, show. And it was on. It was on Sci Fi Channel, and yeah. uh, I watched it. and It was pretty good. I en- I enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, a lot of the stuff. I, I you know I have a really hard time with that because the way things are shot. So there was a show. I don't know if you remember on Sci Fi. It was a couple of seasons into Ghost Hunters that they came out with a show called Ghost Mine. Hmm. And it was a haunted gold mine up in Oregon. Well, I am actually really good friends with the guy who owned that gold mine. Uh-huh. His name is Larry Overman. Uh, <laughs> he's a great guy. Uh, he's a very, very dear friend of mine, actually. Uh, they've moved, Him and his wife have been moving around a lot. Uh, Stacy Overman. Uh, <laughs> They uh, they're really good people. I love them to death. Um, but that was his. his that was the show. so they shot ghost mines at his at his gold mine up in Oregon. The problem was is like when we were sitting around talking one day, is they never shot where activity actually happened. They always wanted to shoot over here instead of shooting in the mines that things were actually physically happening. And the thing is, is those cameras run for like 19 hours a day, and then they take all the footage and they edit everything to put it together to, for your one-hour TV show. So for a whole week, those cameras run 19 hours a day for a week, and then they edit it for an hour show. I understand we're on television, and this is a non-scripted show, and they have to try and find the best stuff. But it was never – it just it was, none of this stuff is compelling to me. I mean, I worked with a paranormal team, and, uh, you know, I mean, I never got – you know, I used to ask to get knocked down or somebody tap my shoulder. Thing, I, n- nothing like that ever happened. We were big on the flashlight conversations, though. We would have conversations, and the flashlight would be going on and off while we were having conversations. So for me, in the in in that aspect of you know the horror genre, you know uh, the 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 paranormal, I, I I believe in it. I mean, there's something out there, um, but nothing ever happened to me per se. So I don't know. But uh, you know, in going back into that TV thing, you know. Uh, I'm big on a lot, a lot of the comic shows, you know, the Flashes and the Arrowverse universe is probably my favorite. The Arrowverse is my favorite. Um, uh, I hate that Arrow's gone. Uh, it was a well, it was a good ending. I, I don't think you guys have watched most of those, have you? I was really big into Arrow from beginning to end. I didn't finish the last season. Oh, so good. And then the Flash, I kind of fell out of for. Um, what they did with the uh, elongated man. Oh, well, yeah, um, there you go. That's Hollywood for you. You know, that's that's something that, um, you know, maybe that'll be an episode I tap into when I feel like pissing off some people. <laughs> I can do that all day long. You know that. But, um, yeah, it, it was a series that I was really big into and the crossovers and everything. I was like full, full force into the Arrowverse. So then it just that happened and it just kind of pulled me away from yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I don't know things that were said five years ago, ten years ago. It was a different time, but yet you're going to hold that against somebody ten years later. Where oh, yeah. It was just something you want they people say. to grow and improve, but you're not going to to allow them to grow well, and improve so you can go fucking but fuck yourself. You know, not, not to get all political, but that's the liberal way, you know. Um, but no, so, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, big on, <laughs> <laughs> I'm big on the Arrowverse, you know. So, I mean, I still watch Flash. Um, I don't think it's quite as good as it was, you know, a couple of years ago. The stories don't suck me in as much. It takes me longer to watch episodes now. Like, you know, I'll go weeks with, I'll go two, three weeks before I get caught up. Um, you know, I was a big fan of Supergirl when it first aired, right? Uh, I'm not a big fan of Melissa Benoist per se. Um, 
but I was a fan of Supergirl until the season where it was like you all of a sudden you had these, you know, alien race hating humans, right? And they're trying to get the alien races off the earth. And it was so based in what was going on in the world, you know, with Trump being president and all that stuff. And it was just like, man, I'm, I, I want to watch a com I want to watch a superhero show. I don't want to watch, you know, CNN. Yeah, exactly. You know, where you're, you're turning a real life thing into a TV show. And it, even though I understand where they were going with it, it just didn't make for good television in my, for me. Right. Maybe it did for everybody else, but for me, it was not that good. Uh, I was really sad to see black lightning go this year. Uh, I think Black Lightning was probably one of the best shows that the CW had going on since Arrow. The the there was really well. This season started off kind of slow, and it really picked up because you know they were going to turn Painkiller into a series, and then on CW, and then CW said they didn't want it, so they thought, oh, well, we'll put it on HBO Max, and HBO Max said, nope, we don't want that either. So now they cancel a really good show for a show that's never going to happen. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I watch Batwoman, but see, I'm six episodes behind because it just it, this season hasn't been able to hold me in, and the actress that took over uh, for um, uh, Ruby Rose uh, is 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 good. I like her. Uh, she was the sister in that uh, Godfriended Me on CBS a few couple years last season or a couple seasons ago. Um, she's really good. I like her, but the stories have been kind of weak. You know, it, it's it's. It, it becomes like everything else. It's a very repetitive world and everything kind of, they rehash a lot of stuff and bring stuff. I'm a huge fan of the walking dead. Right. Oh, I love that show. Leading For up the to longest Negan time. was the most fucking amazing thing to ever happen. Yeah. to Fucking television. Never watched an episode. Never will. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But that's not your genre though, either. It is not. And well, leading hopefully. up to Negan was so great. And then when Rick turned into a fucking pussy for a whole season, I about lost my shit. Because that's not what happened in the comic book. And I read the fucking comic books. So I know what the fuck happened. You know? I mean, Negan gave him a, gave him a licking, right? But he, Rick never stopped. And that motherfucker only had one hand in the comic book. And he still beat the fuck out of him. Well, I, I like the show up until the 100th episode. And the 100th episode was basically, we have this whole force of people coming to your headquarters. And we're going to shoot your windows out. But, yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And I was like, Really? Like really? hun the hundredth episode, really? he's gonna shoot his windows out, and that's it. You're not gonna fucking take out anyone in this fucking. The well, Dead they did. They started to afterwards, and they all is. started fucking. But yeah, yeah, but it, it was, was like just so it was so garbage. I was the, like, the, and, after that, I couldn't watch. And it And as much as I love The Walking Dead, I mean, I own the goddamn pinball machine, right? And I and I love I I still love The Walking Dead, and I go back and I watch all the old episodes, right? I still watch it now. I just don't watch it week to week. Where back in the day, I had to watch. Oh my god, I can't wait to see next week's episode. Oh yeah, happened, right. I watched. Um, it was, I think, between season three, four, five, and and six. I think I started watching them every week. Right. It was just me and my sister. We just every Sunday watch yeah, it, watch well, it. It would. Premiere. We went to the conventions. We used to like watch everything. Oh yeah. Well, it would premiere. I think either the weekend, the Sunday after my Halloween party, or it would premiere the Sunday before. And I remember because we were cleaning up after the Halloween party and I was like, oh, fuck, it's six o'clock. I got to go or it's almost six. We got to stop. I'm going to watch Walking Dead. Right. Even though I got a TV sitting in here, I'd still have to go sit in the house and watch it. You know, I didn't have the, the nice home theater out here in the shop yet. So but yeah, um, I, I love The Walking Dead and I just and now it's it's still I, I'm, I still watch it. I just it's very hard. For, once I get into it, 
and I can I sit down and I watch it. It was like when Fear the Walking Dead premiered, right? And people were like, well, this is stupid. They, they're scared of zombies. It's because they don't know what they are. It's a fucking prequel. This, you know, and now I, and I watch that. You know, I, actually, this season, last season, I watched every episode, right? Week to week. This season, I started that, and then I kind of dropped off. I've got like eight episodes recorded, right? So I got to get caught up on those. Um, but yeah, they, it, it's, I don't know what it is. They, I, I don't know if it, the writing gets bad. Or I think they just run out of ideas. How, how many seasons can you do the same thing over and over? Well, well, that, that's that, why it's ending this season. But. Yeah, that's why I heard. Maybe I'll watch it but just to watch the ending. But they're making a Daryl and Carol spinoff, and as much as I like wow. Norman Reedus and Melissa McBride, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's something I want to watch. The thing that really sucked was <clears throat> that uh, a lot of the fans got too involved into the script. So like they said, if you kill this character, we won't watch the show anymore. And AMC caved and killing off a lot of characters, yeah. and it's just like, what? I mean, that's what made what the hell? Walking Dead the Walking Dead. I mean, that episode when. Glenn is getting out of the prison, and Abraham and um, and Rosita, and um, uh, why can't I think of his name now? Um, Which one? Mullet Boy. Uh, Eugene. Eugene. When he, they're standing there, you know, and he he's sitting there, and um, and you know he's kind of laid out, and they they pull up in that big old military truck, and they're standing. That was right out of the comic book. That scene is right out of the comic book. Oh wow! Yeah, it's right out of the graphic novel, man. I was like, I was like, holy shit, that's Abraham. That's fucking awesome, because <laughs> it looked it looked just like him. And it, I mean, they did so many good things, and now it just the story seems so repetitive to me. It's it's yeah, because he's like, I mean, they, I they find a problem. But they, I read the gra- I read the books, and they were good. And I understand that they don't want to make it exactly like the books, but when you change too much, it it, it, it takes away from for me and the way that I watch stuff, you know? Well, I never read the, the books, but for me, the, the story was good all the way up until that 100th episode, and then it just became into like, oh, well, they're probably going to defeat Negan, See, you went and they're going to run I away. Did. You went farther than I did, yeah. because as soon, yeah. as, as soon as Negan was in Alexandria and like taking all their food and their guns and, and Rick's like, oh, I'm a big fucking pussy. I'm not going to, I'm going to do whatever you need. I was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm fucking done. Well, I, I was Rick's kinda, a badass. Dude. I, I was kind of like upset about that, but then, yeah, that 100th episode was just like, it was just yeah. like, it, was, it didn't live up to the hype that they were like, oh, it's the 100th episode. Yeah. Well, Guess who's going to come back? Guess what's going to happen? And then it's just like, oh, brrr, we shot all your windows out. You happy? Guess who's going to come back? Nobody in particular. We're just gonna have a lot of zombies. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, and well, and, they eventually did bring someone back. You know, and then it was just like, all right. So talking on the zombie thing, there's a, there's a sh- there was a show that ran for five seasons on Sci Fi Channel called Z Nation. I don't know if you ever watched it. It's on. I've Netflix heard, I think I've heard about okay. it. It's on Netflix now, and uh, it's it we, it came out right around the peak of. Of uh, when The Walking Dead was like the shit. Yeah. And this was like the Asylum's version because the Asylum is the they're the company that did the Sharknado movies, which I fucking love the Sharknado movies. Uh, they're just so silly, right? I mean, it's just stupid shit. Um, but the uh, the the Asylum did Z Nation, and Z Nation was kind of like a zombie show, but more of a comedic kind of spin. So, two years ago, a show premiered on Netflix called Black Summer. So they reference Black Summer in Z Nation, and the creators of Black Summer are the same guys who created Z Nation. And originally, they were touting 
Black Summer as a prequel to Z Nation, like takes place like four or five years before Z Nation happens, right? N now, season two just premiered, and you know they've distanced themselves away from calling it, um, you know, a, a prequel. Uh, and it, it it's such a good show, and the way that it's shot, because it's really uh, it's kind of like a mind fuck in a way. Here you're watching this show, right? And this show opens up, and I'm, I'm not gonna give too many details because I'd really like you to watch it if you can. Even you, even though I know it's zombies aren't your thing, but I think you'd like this because the way it's done. It's only eight episodes. Each season only eight episodes, but it starts off with this scene, and it, it, you, the black screen pops up, and it has a name of a couple of names, or it has a name of something. It says something. It's a statement or whatever, you know, like push, pull. Uh, you know, it might it might be Leon and Veronica or whatever, right? And um, so you get this clip of them, of you know them trying to, they're running through and they're trying to get on this truck, military convoy to get away or whatever, and they get separated and all these things. The daughter gets on, but she gets, doesn't get on there. They don't get on there, and her husband's been bit, so they don't let them on anyways. And then, as soon as this ends, you it fades to a black screen again, and a different set of names come up on the screen, and it's somebody completely different in a different part of town. Chick driving in a van, and then she gets jacked. Uh, and this whole, and it takes place like this the whole time, right? So you get this scene, but then you get this other scene going on, and this other thing happens, and then, I don't know what they call that in the movie biz, but they, and then, like, you see, like, all of a sudden, this guy gets shot, but then the next, the next, like, story part is how he, what led him up to getting shot, and at the very end, in the very last episode, it's a huge tie-in where everything makes sense. It's really well done. Oh wow! And it's it's fun. There's some scenes in that movie that, in that series that were really made me jump a few times. It's called Black Summer. It's called Black Summer. Shit. Is it scary? It, it's well, it's scary but not scary. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not it's not like like horror movie scary, but uh -huh. like there's some scenes where you're like, whoa, what the fuck? You know? Wait a minute, what the fuck just happened? And okay. It, it, it kind of messes with your mind a little bit because. All of a sudden, this dude is running towards somebody, and somebody shoots him in the head. Well, the next, the next, you know, the next scenes that are being that you know, the next story that you see is him still alive, getting to this point, and then it, you you realize, oh wait, this is before he got shot, and this is what this is what led up to him getting in this situation. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, there's zombies in, it, but like this, the second season. Oh, and they're and just so you know, they're fast zombies. Oof, these fuckers are fast. Like, oh and, I mean, God. you get shot, you die, you turn. It's not like a, a waiting time. It's like fucking dead zombie. Oof. Yeah, they, there's no, there's no like, you're not sitting there like waiting for them to turn. They literally, you get shot, you go, uh, you open your eyes, you're a zombie. Damn. Yeah. And it's really well done. I, I, I enjoyed it. It's, it, I think they, uh, uh, I was reading last night to see if there was going to be a season three, even though season two just premiered. And uh, right now on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it has a hundred percent score. Uh, seven reviews, but still, I mean, that's still seven people agreeing on one thing. That's a, that's an amazing feat <laughs> in today's time. Yeah. Um, what about, uh, so let's say if you have to pick like five shows that are like a must watch, five um, shows that are a must watch, maybe let's say like recent just to make it easy. Like right now, like well, right now. Well, of course, you know, black um, summer, black summer for sure. Uh -huh. I really like maybe that. within the last five years. Yeah. If maybe Black Summer, uh, Stranger Things, of course. Okay. Uh, Man in the High Castle okay. is a really good one because it's. And is that one on Netflix? That's or? on Prime Video. That's on Prime. So if you have okay. Amazon Prime, you already get Prime Video. Okay. It's included. Um, 
I'm a big fan of the blacklist on NBC. The blacklist is really good. Okay. With, and that's, I'm a big James Spader fan. Uh, and as, as long as he's in it, it's really good. And they get, they give you this fucking twist at the season, this season that I'm like, I don't want to give it away, but yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, I know what's coming next season or if it does, if they, if they don't do that, then I'm like, well, then this makes no sense. Uh, and, so, and that blacklist is what is like a kind of like a so thriller the blacklist or? is he's like the FBI's most wanted. He's like number one on the most wanted list, but he turns himself in as long as he becomes like their informant. He's going to turn in. He knows all the names on the blacklist. These are bad fucking people. <clears throat> but he's like the number one most wanted, but he'll give them everybody else, but they got to let him. Uh, and the show has gone through, over the last eight seasons, it's gone through a lot of ups and downs, and things have changed a lot from he was in locked in a clear glass box in this black site to now basically he's still an informant for the FBI, but he still runs his own criminal organization. Wow. <laughs> working for the FBI. And the FBI technically is really working for him. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a really it's a it's a good show. It, there's a lot of um, you know, I, I watch a lot of procedurals. I'm a big cop show guy, like NCIS and stuff like that. I like watching that kind of stuff too. My my, my tastes vary all over the place, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, so I would say Black Summer, Man in the High Castle, Stranger Things, of course. If you haven't watched Stranger Things, then I don't know what to tell you because that's a total nostalgia flick for me. Um, the Blacklist. And number five, what have I watched recently? Arrowverse. Huh? <laughs> well, I, yeah, but see, the, even the comic book thing is starting to fizzle out for me. Yeah. It's getting a little repetitive. It's just yeah. like comic book movies. Yeah, like I, I, I don't think I'll watch I mean, any MCU movies in, in theaters for I, a while. I'm, I'm the guy who sits there and watches a fucking MCU movie, and they destroy New York City, and I'm thinking to myself, who the fuck pays the bill to clean that shit up? It's a movie, but fuck, somebody's got to clean it up, right? And I mean, that's just how it works. I mean, that's how the my mind works. Agents of <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that's how my mind works. I'm watching a movie, and I'm thinking, who pays to clean that shit up? Why did the cops not show up, you know? Um, well, like, that happens, and then I'm like, how long did it take them to clean all that shit up? And luckily, in, in Spider-Man, they showed, uh, like, the organization that started cleaning up. Yeah, and Michael Keaton got... cleans it all up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was like okay, he did that, and yeah. that's how he got. It. That's that was a good tie-in, but right? And, they yeah. don't always. So, God, man, you want me to pick a fifth one, and it, it's really I'm trying to think of something that I really like that I have to watch, and I, these are things that are based on either me sitting through and watching the whole thing all the way through. Uh huh. Like I watched Black Summer in. Well, I would have watched it in one night had I gotten in the house early enough, but I watched three episodes the other on Wednesday till like three in the morning because then I had to take the puppy out. And then I finished watching the last four, uh, five last night. Um, Man in the High Castle, which is really funny I'd say that because Man in the High Castle, I still have the fourth season to watch because I know when I watch it, I'm going to be sad when I can't watch it again because uh, I really like that. I love It's that whole alternate universe thing because there's a twist in there where just before I go figure out what the fifth, fifth uh, show is that I really like to watch, um, Man in the High Castle has this really weird twist to it because – the man in the high castle actually is based on a guy who has all these footage, has all this movie film, right? Because we're talking the 60s, right? So everything's on reel. But it's – okay, so mind you, I told you that the show is about how the, the, the Nazis bombed Washington, D.C. and take over the United States East Coast and the Japanese take over the West Coast. But what I didn't get into was the fact that there's movie footage floating around in this world of 
the allies winning the war. But that never happened in the world they live in. And the the Japanese actor in this movie, which is uh, an actor that I like a lot, uh, Heru, I, um, I can't think of his name now. He plays like the like the minister of of um, oh crap, uh, not the financial minister, but uh, like minister of something you know in that era of of supplies or goods or whatever it is. Anyways, whatever his title is. And there's this scene, and this was at the end of season one, and this is what really, because it took me a long time to get through season one because it was kind of slow and tedious because you don't really understand what's going on. And you don't, you uh, you see this this girl who finds her sister was supposed to take the footage and all this stuff goes on, but just, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't comprehend the whole series in my head. And at the very last episode, he's sitting in this park bench in San Francisco. And, you know, it's gloomy, right? Because they make it look like the Japanese are gloomy and it's dark and it's just gritty and dirty, you know, the, the, the way that everything looks. And he closes his eyes and he's sitting there and he's breathing and he's doing all this stuff. And all of a sudden he opens his eyes and he's in San Francisco in night because it's, it's shot, you know, they, they make it look like San Francisco. And all of a sudden he's in San Francisco, 1960s, whatever, right? But it's not his time. It's where the Allies won the war. And everything's colorful there's hot dog vendors and you hear the ball game going on and all this stuff and that's where the episode ends oh wow so he literally travels from one universe to the other uh and they they get into a little bit more explanations of this like i said i finished season three and i've been really holding off on season four because i'm i'm i, I know once it's over i'm gonna be really upset <laughs> because i really like it. oh i know i fuck i can tell you right now what number five is the witcher on Netflix. Wow. It's that good? Is uh, it Henry really Cavill good? is a bad motherfucker. And there's another show that you watch, and it's out of order. It doesn't take place in order. The Damn. way it's shot. Okay. If you like the game, like you were telling yeah, about yeah. in that other podcast, yeah. you, you'll, you'll, the sh I thought it was, I thought it was well done. I mean, he's a mean motherfucker in, the, in that show. Geralt or Geralt or however you pronounce his fucking name. I think it's Geralt or Geralt or, Geralt, yeah. or whatever. Anyways. Yeah. I, um, he, um, definitely the Witcher. I can't wait for season two. And I watch a lot of Netflix, a lot of, uh, HBO max. I mean, I, I enjoy, you know, the, the teen Titans is pretty good. I think dooms doom patrol is one of my favorites. Doom patrol is vastly underrated. Oh, that one underrated. looks hilarious. Yeah. yeah. It's, return, it's fantastic. return to glory for Brendan yeah, Fraser. Thank you. I was just going to say that Brendan God Fraser. Damn, he See, steals I mean, it. Dude, this podcast everybody is so damn good because there's stuff that I didn't even hit that, that I'm now thinking about that comes in like doom patrol, teen Titans. Well, Titan, they call it just Titans. Um, you know, I mean, Harley there's Quinn. so much stuff I didn't hit, you know, but, uh, yeah, but I, I would definitely, the Witcher is really good. I really enjoyed the Witcher. Uh, it's very adult rated. You know, it's, it's, I mean, they really stick to the core of the game of the, the way the story is told, but it's told out of order. Um, you know, Game of Thrones, there's another one that I really like. Game of Thrones is fantastic. Um, I was a huge fan of the old school Tales of, Tales from the Crypt. Um, I even watched the two cheesy movies. The first one was better than the second one with, <laughs> uh, uh, what's his name? Um, um, oh my God, I can't think of his name now where he played the, he played the hell guy. Um, Billy Zane, Billy Zane, he plays the bad guy in that. And Jada Pinkett, before she was Jada Pinkett Smith, is uh, the 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 heroine in that show in that movie. But the first Tales from the Crypt is great. D uh, was it Tales from the Crypt? 
Demon. Fuck. I can't remember the title of it now. Demon Knight. <laughs> Demon Knight. That was really good. But yeah, I, you, I mean, we need to shut this thing down because uh, I'm thinking I'm thinking it's getting kind of late and I could be here for hours. <laughs> and I'm, I'm pretty sure Chris is over there falling asleep on us. I think so, too. <laughs> well, you know, again, this is why we had Joey on is uh, he can fill an episode. <laughs> yeah, well, and, uh, we can just do talking shit with Joey three, four, five, thirty-eight, fifty-five. It'll be yeah, like I Back got... to the Future. Uh, it was a Back to the Future two when he when he goes to the future and like Jaws and it's like Jaws of... twenty-eight. Yeah, <laughs> might as well just do that. Might as well just do that. Well, yeah. next time we'll just have like one thing and just like have you. <laughs> yeah, just go rip I'm full, off of that. I'm full of useless nonsense. <laughs> I wish I could remember all the details of everything that I can, that I can think of, but I, I'm horrible at that. Yeah, it's all good. Um, you know, we appreciate your time and uh, getting to chit chat with you on the pod. Uh, definitely going to have you again. Um, like to thank those listeners out there who uh, listen to us. And uh, <laughs> all twelve of you. All twelve of you. <laughs> yeah, estimated audience of twelve. Keep it going strong. People. Uh, I was just yeah. going to tell you, I'm not going to be listening to these two that we're that we've done because I'm in them. <laughs> <laughs> no, we lost. Thanks for having me. Estimated audience of eleven. Um, <laughs> And, yeah, we'll be back at you again next week with a funky, fresh episode. Thank you, everybody.